Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Self-Medicated Podcast. Today is Monday. Uh, what are we in? May. Uh, May. <laughs> May 25th. About to say April again. <laughs> yeah, what? May 25th. It's the Self-Medicated Podcast. I am your host, Troy Alim, a.k.a. The Wayfair, a.k.a. Young Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss. I'm here with my co-host and the captain. Last year, last week, I fucked that up. I said co-host and co-captain, but no, you are the sole captain of the igloo. Young, popular, and friendly, aka the box hunter, aka one pop poppy, and it's just us in the building today. Yeah, damn interns, man. I, listen, man. Yo, I felt so Republican dealing with personnel issues with this podcast since we've started. Fuck a worker's rights, bro. <laughs> Honestly. But no, nah, man. Shout out to the whole crew. We're going to get it together. And it's, it's when the quarantine is over, we get people to get out the house. It's going to be. I'm really, really excited for all of the shit that we have going on, man. It's it's dope. Very, very excited. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into housekeeping. So last week we started what I hope is going to be the ongoing tradition of housekeeping items. First and foremost, make sure you follow us on Instagram at the self-med pod. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this. We're literally on every single platform. I I um I tested Alexa the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked someone that I know has an Alexa to ask Alexa to play the self-medicated pod, and it works. That voice command works. Right. If you get on Alexa and say, play the self-medicated podcast, it will play it. Um, so there's no excuses. We're literally on every single platform. Subscribe, leave a review, interact with our shit, man. Make sure definitely, though, to follow us on Instagram. Something that we brought up last week, let us know what podcasts we should be networking with. Definitely want to link up with some other pods, especially in quarantine when it's easier. Like, we don't have to be restricted by location. So, like, let us know what other pods we should be we should be fucking with. Also, new this week, I need y'all to... Uh, I have an art piece that has been requested as a gift. Um, so, I need y'all to tag some dope artists. Um, I'm trying to get a photograph drawn. Are you trying to get like something that's photorealistic or just like a caricature or like what? Photorealistic. Oh man. Yeah. Look for nigga with talent. Yeah, somebody with some talent. <laughs> that's a whole nother man. That's another thing. I already know. I already know. Um, that's why I'm bringing it here. <laughs> that's why I'm bringing it yeah, here. Hopefully, yeah. try to cast a wider net. But yeah, tag any artists, tag any podcast that you think we should be listening to. Uh, I got some other shit that I want some artists to do for me anyway, so like tag them motherfuckers. Or if you yourself are listening to this and can draw the fuck out of some shit, hop in the DMs, man. Let us know uh, so we can work with you. This week's organic shout out. Uh, last week we gave a shout out to the High Key Podcast. I still mm-hmm. fuck with that podcast. <laughs> that shit is, is pretty fucking funny. Yeah, it seemed cool. Yeah, uh, but this week goes out to uh, the Bottom of the Glass Podcast. So it's about mm-hmm. Cindy and Tiffany. Big shout out to them. It's a podcast about women's perspectives and life experiences. And they're pretty lit as well. I fucks with their content. Yeah. Pretty heavy. And they be showing love too. So you can't forget about the wine aspect of their podcast too. I love that part of it because I don't know wine shit about wine. And I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've actually tried some wines <laughs> that they have suggested. So, so yeah. yeah, shout out to them. Dope for them. Make sure you sh- uh, follow them on Instagram at the bottom of the glass underscore. So underscore at the end. So the bottom of the glass. Shout out to Cindy and Tiffany. Shout out to y'all. All right, let's get into it, man. This is uh, this is Memorial Day weekend. 
sir. First of all, I didn't remember that it was Memorial Day weekend until people at my job sent an email saying, <laughs> hey, y'all, don't forget we off on Monday. And I was like, oh, oh, oh shit. <laughs> but then I thought about it. I was like, damn, we ain't, it's a Memorial it's Day not, yeah, fucking quarantine. We can't really do shit. Illinois is opening up, but Chicago ain't. So, like, we still can't yeah. really for real, for real do shit. Unless you go to the suburbs. True. And... Let's do that. Then. No, not me. <laughs> I did hear that the the drive-in movie theaters are open back up, opening back up. Yeah. Um, that's something dope that I would love to do. When was the last time you did that? Probably oh four. God damn, bro. Yeah, it's been. A I week. guess it's been a while for me too. Yeah, because I've done it in the last decade. Mm-hmm. I know that for mm-hmm. a fact. Yeah. Nah, this was I was still in high school when this shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yep. And I saw uh, one of my homies posted on on the internet that they have one that's going to be happening, I think, just outside of Chicago. It didn't say where. Mm. They're going to be doing like a lot of classic movies. Okay. Um, and Saturdays they're going to have d- uh, double features. Oh, nice! But it was forty dollars a car. Pardon me. Yeah. So like, it's not bad if you get four people in there, but like per person, that's kind of uh, a, a rip off. Oh, and they have uh, non-contact concession stands as well as um, bathrooms there. Non-contact bathrooms? I don't know about it. Or just bathrooms or concession okay. stands. Um, so here's the finesse. I'm either getting a nine-passenger cargo van, <laughs> a party bus, or a U-Haul, and we just go have a club at the drive-thru. <laughs> Literally, just have everybody uh, throw in $5? Come on. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, drop. Actually, I take it back. It was not 04 the last time I went to a drive-thru. I actually took a shorty in Atlanta on a date mm. um, at the Moreland drive-thru. Shout out to the Atlanta folks. Y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. The drive-thru theater right there on Moreland in Decatur. Okay. Uh, East Atlanta, where East Atlanta, Decatur, where it's greater. That, the, yeah, it was a, a red wine uh, and drive-in movie night. I don't mm. even remember what we saw. But it was a double feature, and it was a good time. Okay. That was a while ago. But movie theater, uh, drive-in movie theaters, I think with a crowd or on like mm. a first date is good. See, I typically don't think that going to see a movie as a first date is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Specifically, though, in a movie theater, because you can't really, you ain't supposed to be talking, mm. right? You, like you can't really interact with the person. Facts. Um, and if I'm going to see a movie, I don't want to be talking to you anyway, whether I like it or not. <laughs> I want to watch the movie, right? So, like, I, I I never think that a, going to a movie is a good first date. Yeah. But a drive-through movie, yes, because a is less pressure because it's just you two. You don't mm-hmm. have to have the etiquette of being silent for other folks. True. And you're in a more intimate, close setting, so like mm-hmm. y'all can have kind of ten. And usually, the movies in in a drive-through movie theater is not really super duper crazy suspenseful. Like they're true, they're like kind of medium lucky. to light yeah. watching. Yeah, so yeah. like you can get some conversations off or 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 segue off of what's happening on screen into a conversation. You really get your snack game off. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely get your snack game <laughs> off. Like going to a regular theater where you gotta hide the shit. Right. Other than a date, though, a drive-in movie theater with a bunch of people would be lit. Like. Brilliant, but but the the per car restriction I don't like. Like I would mm. want like a bunch of people with a bunch of different cars. Maybe mm. we got three four people in each car. Like it's kind of a a party type thing. That would be fun. Mm. Obviously we got to social distance. It's the quarantine and all that good shit. So yeah, whatever. But 
that's a thing. Um, <laughs> do you have any other, or not other, but any Memorial Day plans? No, not really. Uh, one of the homies' birthdays is uh, on Monday. Mm. I'm going to hang out with them for a little bit. Uh, a couple people cooking, so I might try to grab some food from them, but I'm not going to be at people's houses chilling with a whole bunch of other people. I know that, though. Well, I'm probably cooking this weekend, so there you go. if you want some food, I'll probably have some available. I only had your chili, man. I don't know. What, what, you, what oh, else should be if, making, brother? No, nah, the, the grill is actually my specialty. I made okay. some... Um, I made some barbecue wings the other day mm. with a very special marinade. Nice. Um, yeah, okay. I, the, the grill. Yeah, the grill is actually my shit. I get busy in the kitchen too, just like regular cooking shit. But my favorite thing is meat on the grill. That's my shit. I get into that shit. Hmm. Um, like for example, I haven't even made Whitney my ribs yet. What kind of ribs? Barbecue ribs. I'm sorry, like beef ribs. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, beef ribs. That's the like grocery a store was giving ribs away. They had to buy one get two free. Pork ribs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, some, like some, some some beef ribs. Okay. Like a rack of beef ribs. Mm. A rack? Shit. How big is a rack of beef ribs? Bro, they're big. It's long as fucking table. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. That should take like eight to ten hours to cook. <laughs> That's um that's that's not in the boyfriend package. Yeah. See, I never not, had, uh, <laughs> I've never had beef ribs cooked on a grill. I've only had them like cooked in the oven because okay. it's so big. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Yeah, man. Hmm, okay. But yeah, the grill is my shit. So I'm I'm a, I'm gonna probably try to show out for right. my guests tomorrow. Okay. All right. So that's Memorial Day. You were talking about earlier some songs to add for the cookout playlist mm -hmm. just in case you're not going to quarantine or if you're going to have a small gathering like I may potentially be having. <laughs> um, are there some new songs that you would add to the playlist or some... Definitely. Just some honorable mentions or what? I just came across this a couple days ago. It's um, a project between Buddy... If you, are you familiar? Yeah. Okay. If other people are familiar, Buddy was... Uh, the last person signed to Star Trek Records, which was uh, the Neptune's label. So, like, he got signed when he was, like, 12 or 13. He was super young. And, like, he made this song called Awesome. And, like, it was a good song, especially for, like, a 12-year-old rapper. Mm -hmm. Like, he kind of disappeared. I didn't really hear much about him. Then he started coming back out with a lot of... Because he's from the West Coast. A lot of these West Coast artists. Right. So he's on the last uh, Dream Dreamville album. And he released a really good album. I think it was in 2018. It was probably my favorite album of that year, but then I saw he had this um, this like little EP with this guy named Kent uh, Jams J A M Z. They did a project called the Jank Tape One, and it's like some really good dope songs on there. Chill California vibes, which would be good for like a day that's you know, when you're outside, you cooking, you chilling. So I would highly recommend checking out that whole mixtape. The Jank Tape. Yeah, Jank Tape Volume 1. Yep. It's a little 10-track joint. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks dope. And I came across it because I saw them performing on um, Tiny Desk. And they did, like, you know, the home joints because everybody's in quarantine. Right. And, like, and then I started bobbing my head. Like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I definitely would recommend that shows. one for the chill vibes. <laughs> if you get into, like, you know, the more harder earlier, in the, maybe earlier in the day, you want to hear some rap? I definitely recommend that Polo G. Oh yeah, I fucks with that yeah, album. Heavy. That album's great. I I don't really have no skips on there for me, 
And I guess um, the other album I would play if you want some more chill vibes, but on the R&B tip, that uh, Love and Cali was really good. Yes. So You've been, th- this three weeks straight now, yeah. you've been talking about this shit. This album of the year so far with me. That one, The Little Dragon, really? the tie. Yeah. Okay. You got any? Nope. <laughs> I think uh, for me, so this kind of segues us into the new music, but I okay. know what the song of the summer is. Uh-oh, what's that? I know what the song of the summer is, and you're going to hear it here first, but Young M.A.'s Bad Bitch Anthem is literally the song of the summer. Whenever the, the club's back... I can see the Instagram post. Yeah, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as the song drops, um, the song is out, but as soon as the clubs open back up, as soon as mm. we're allowed to go outside, as soon as we're allowed to gather around beautiful women, this will be the song of the summer. <laughs> it's not going to... It doesn't matter. Like, it's... I, I listened to the song, yeah. and I was dancing to the shits. Wow! So I just okay. know. I don't know if it's a Young M.A. song that I would dance to, so that's interesting. This is the one. I also never listened to an album, so yeah. I might check it out. Yeah, th- this is the one. Bad Bitch Anthem by Young M.A. It's going to, I, I see what it's going to do to brunches already. I can just see the bottomless <laughs> mimosas being poured to this song. I'm And yeah, my takeaway from all of the music that has come out is how like sad i am that we're on quarantine because mm. some of these shits would get a lot more acclaim i think if we was outside and was hearing them outside introduced to them outside like the young ma like her little ep that she dropped is good as fuck it's really really, really good you're the second like person it. that told me that yeah it's and really I just good didn't trust the information from no it's really <laughs> good it's really 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 good a lot okay. of hennessy references but a lot of just bangers <laughs> and bars like and that okay. bad bitch anthem, I'm telling y'all right now, it's the song yeah. of the summer. Listen to me. I said that No Guidance was the song of the last summer before anybody was really listening to it. I had a lot of people tell me, oh, this ain't it. I don't, was it? Yes. I don't listen to the radio. And also, I don't go out as much as you do because I'm old. So yeah, it was a lot of people. I didn't really hear it in the streets. When I first heard that song, I was like, oh, this is going to fuck up the streets. And people was like, no, yeah. it can't be a summer song. It's too slow, blow. Nah. Yeah. So there's the Bad Bitch Anthem, Young and May. She got one with this one. I'm just letting okay. y'all know that now. So Pastor Future said, or Minister Future, I'm sorry. Father Future. Father Future. Deacon Future. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, I want to be a deacon, by the way. I don't know how you, like, how that process works. I don't me know who's going to let you be a deacon in that church. Uh, the <laughs> church that lets me be a deacon <laughs> is corrupt. the church for me. <laughs> Let me be a deacon. I want to be so, an old deacon. I want to be an old man. I talked the thing. I think I've talked about on this podcast how I can't wait to be old and be an old man. You can't be, be an old, old black curmudgeon man without being a deacon as well. Think so? You just want to tell people where they can sit? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, though. If you need anything from church, you got to go through me. Right, right. The building fund, nigga. Deacon Troy. <laughs> Uh, the building fund that never adds any addition to the building. <laughs> Niggas mm-hmm. have been building for over 10 years, made $30 million. No, this is a case we need another building. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we go off what Father Future said, could these women that are not bad bitches listen to this song? Because we're not supposed to be talking to ugly women. Can't get their hopes up. Great segue into future tweets. I heard a take that says that Future is not talking about physical appearance he's talking about personality that'd be shallow base level and that's uh, we're way more advanced than that like the bible you have to read it between these texts to get the message you just can't see it for what it is you have to do your research brother 
and elevate your thinking really like you can't just be basic you have to apply what is what is real wisdom real wisdom is understanding of underlying concepts that seem unrelated but really are not yes something like that yeah that sounds pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i like that that. so your question is can people with ugly personalities yeah i i never heard the song so i don't know like how is it referring to bad bitches so the part about this song, this is going to be captions. You'll see it soon. Trust me. You'll probably see it before <laughs> this actually even comes out. Okay. But you'll see if you're going to call her a bitch, call her a bad bitch. If you're going to call her a bitch, call her that bitch. Okay. It's that type of vibes. I'm fucking with that. It's a lot of empowerment and, and that type of shit. So what I will say is this is potentially an opportunity for some of those ugly women to start changing themselves or ugly people personality wise okay. to use this as an opportunity to better yourself and improve it upon yourself as a human um that's mm. one of the reasons why i think this may be the song of the summer because it's going to motivate people to better themselves so yeah ugly people could and should listen to this as well um a good segue into futures tweets so he was basically talking about being in relationships with ugly people People that think they're pretty but are not. Being in imaginary relationships. He really just low-key opened a huge can of worms in a fucking but, Pandora's box of topics here. I know last, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we are talking about how Future has this, I guess it's a stigma at this point, but like these personality traits attributed to him, does he doesn't necessarily speak on yeah like in interviews he might rap about things and people will call him toxic but is this something where you feel like he's feeding into that by making these statements yeah, or okay yeah right. he's feeding into it by not clarifying it but also these yeah. are so ambiguous that there's so many meanings that you yo this is my exact beef dating back to school when we used to have to interpret poems of people Dang, who wrote that shit that shit. were dead yeah. It's like, my nigga, how you gonna tell me what the metaphor they were trying to, like, they're not here to tell us. Exactly. You don't, you never had a conversation I with never this liked that shit, man. Like, how you gonna tell me? I've written poetry, I've written songs before, and I've had people interpret them completely wrong. I'm like, damn, that's crazy that you got that from that. Mm-hmm. That's dope that you were able to get this conclusion, mm-hmm. but that's not what I had in mind at yeah. all. So it's yeah. so bogus for me, for people to try to interpret art as 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 fact and as real and as like the gospel without any input from the motherfucker who created the art that always goes into from an artist's perspective mm-hmm. is your job to make people understand or just to put shit out mm-hmm. right like are you supposed yeah. to make people understand why you created this particular piece of art or is this something driven by like is this is your art a snapshot of the emotion that you were having at the time yeah. and you put that out for interpretation me that's what art is yeah right like okay. it's, a, it's a snapshot of an emotion for interpretation and you can pull so many different conclusions from it it mm-hmm. is what it is but like at this point art is tweets <laughs> and without further explanation how the fuck mm. do you get to attribute or say or de- de- declare i do declare that this <laughs> nigga future means this like that mm-hmm. i i'm just not a fan of that i don't believe in that Mm. Uh, especially as somebody who puts out art and have had people interpret my art in weird fucking ways that mm. I, 
I had no idea how you could make that correlation, but like that's also why I put it out for people to feel it and interpret it and for it to speak to them. In, in making way. art, have you ever put out things that might seem um, intentionally? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You intentionally put it out with I hope that people would interpret it however they want to, or are usually very specific when you put art out and you have a message you're trying to get across and you want that message to be clear and hope other people understand the message you're putting out whenever no whenever i put out art i have the message that i want in mind okay and the message that i have in mind when i put it out hopefully like my only thing is for those who it connects to it's going to connect to Right. Okay. So the people that that shit is meant for the way that I meant it to be received are going to receive it in that way. Mm. Everybody else is just extra eyes on the shit. I don't like I create the shit for the for others to relate to it. If you don't relate to it, I'm not in control of how you feel about it. I don't care how you feel about it. Okay. And really, best case scenario is that you feel however you feel about it and are just talking about it. Right. Okay. Like that's the best case scenario. But I, I'm the type of, I create art and have always created art for me and for the people that would relate to it, like that would actually feel the exact thing that I'm putting out. But I'm also creating art for you to interpret and feel it however you want to. Mm. And I guess it's made for the people that's gonna connect to what I was trying to portray, like that who experienced the snapshot that I showed. Okay. And then anybody else who fucks with it or talks about it or don't, it is what it is. Like, I, I'm not doing it for them. I don't care about them. <laughs> like, they receive it however. Yeah. It's for the people who, like, can relate to the snapshot that I'm providing. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah. There's that. While we're on artists and music, let's talk about some of the uh, new music that came out. Talked about the Young M.A. album. Go check that out, please. It's dope. Babbage Anthem. Check out that. Song album. of the Summer. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> right now. Check out that Jank Tape Book Volume it. One and the Jank Tape, yeah. But uh, Bad Bitch Anthem, song of the year. That's gonna get heavy rotation tomorrow. Styles P dropped the album. Um, yeah, did I you check a lot it out? Of the, I haven't heard it yet. That's something I'll probably listen to tonight since mm-hmm. I got nothing else to do outside of the. Uh, I'm not gonna bring that up right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've seen a lot of the OGs in the game posting and say it was good, so I definitely want to give that a listen to. Okay. But I just found out that came out today, so I really Shout had a chance to, to listen to that. Did you listen to the Dej Loaf little four-track shit she put I out? I didn't know she put anything out. Yeah, she put out a little, okay. a little you dig. And it's um, it's very Dej Loafy. <laughs> some some, uh, some godly vibes. <laughs> right? Okay. Yo, speaking of Dej Loaf, man, shout out to Dej Loaf. Dej Loaf was putting music out in a very formidable time in my life. I was in mm. Atlanta. Okay. When Try Me came on. And Try Me, Try Me. Yes. So that a weekend playlist. Yes, exactly. And that song, granted, I was in Atlanta, which is pretty much the epicenter of like music culture, like pop culture, pretty much for the most part. Especially like what gets played in the club. Like it's very interesting (laughs) to watch how culture happens. Because if you take a step back, like social media is actually kind of the one of the last couple phases of popularity. Mm. Really should be popping off in the clubs in Atlanta, bro. 
<laughs> like, motherfucker. Yeah, motherfuckers will literally just do and play random shit that people will start requesting and it just get hot in the fucking strip clubs or just the random clubs in Atlanta. Yeah. And then it progresses to the radio. Then it progresses to social media or, you know, give or take social media and, and radio, whatever. But that's how shit gets hot. Um, and I remember Dej Loaf just tearing up the clubs. Mm. Um, and I also remember how fucked up it was when she stopped making music. Did she stop or? I think her whole vibe got stolen, personally. I think she was a pioneer mm. before her time, and, you know. What did they steal from her, exactly, like? Well, I mean, her, you could just ask her ex. I think her ex just basically stole her. Are you my little dirt? Yes, I am. Ooh. I mean, yeah, Definitely I feel like, like he kind of. dirt smoke. I mean, I feel <laughs> like he kind of, I think he kind of just took her kind of style and swag and expanded mm. on it maybe made it more popular maybe she didn't want to Kanye on her yeah or Drake yeah that that type of thing and I don't even know if it's like animosity between them because of that I don't yeah. even know if that's like a I thing like a weird her. relationship to me yeah then what's yeah. it natural <laughs> um some midwest love shit right that's so I guess so. that's <laughs> um, what it was but yeah but I, I I honestly feel like that song, that, that Try Me song, if you go back and think about it, remember, the other songs that were out around that time is fucking Trinidad James. Mm. I'll go everything. You got to remember what the sound was at this time True. in, in, in what, 2011, 2012, 2013, right? Yeah. Like, literally right before fucking How to Pimp a Butterfly Drop. Like, remember mm. what the sound was at this time? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fetty Wap, like Fetty Wap and Dej Loaf were really kind of, Man. looking back on it, were setting the groundwork for the sound that we're experiencing right this now. <laughs> to the Polo G's, to the Lil mm-hmm. Durks, to the, to all of this shit, like yeah. Takashi even, this kind of hybrid drill and pop, like that's who Dirk and Dej Loaf were, right? Like that's mm. who Fetty Wap and Dej were. So like, I kind of feel like they kind of set the groundwork for this shit. Okay. Um, and don't necessarily think they get the flowers that they deserve for it. Mm. That's um, a good point. I never thought about that. But yeah, check out the Dej shit. It's more of the same. It's okay. more of the same. You can you can kind of hear it. It's like, ah, Dej, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that shit. But, uh... <laughs> I think the album people are probably most likely to listen to this weekend is your boy Gunna. Mm. What is? I think the name of the album is Wanna. Yep, <laughs> it is super creative. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't say this album was something I was highly anticipating. I didn't know it was coming out till it came out. I fuck with Gunna. He has a couple songs I like. But isn't it, I don't think it's someone I'm constantly looking to see if they have new music for, because mm-hmm. a lot of the songs kind of sound similar to me. Right. How about you? Are you are you a Gunna fan? Not a Gunna fan. I've actually been paying attention to Gunna a lot though, because obviously he's from Atlanta. I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. in Atlanta. He has been basically attached to Young Thug at the hip since forever. I thought it was him and Lil Baby. I thought they were in a group when they first came out. Well, I think Lil Baby is even off the Young Thug tree. So, like, Uh, even that, like, those Lil Baby and Gunner, I think, uh, I've been out of Atlanta for a long time. I used to know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure that they're, like, his young niggas. Like, they're his little homies, right? And they're, one of them signed, is either one of them signed to him? No. I know Uh, one is, uh... QC. Yeah. Uh, Lil Baby is QC. So Gunna maybe signed I, to him or not. I think Gunna is, is he 300? 
Actually, I think I, so. I think Thug is 300 too, so maybe Thug brought him to 300. So 300. Yeah. So, yeah, either Young Thug and Gunna are related or lovers, who knows? Um, but yeah, the. Really slandering this man's name. <laughs> the Gunna album, uh, like Gunna, is a, I'm not a fan of his. He like has good features. Um, I feel like, really, honestly, Gunna, like that whole kind of genre, you kind of got to be. It's one of those be there type things. Like, mm. I can't be in Chicago. Listening to Gunner and, and, and get off the If I was in Atlanta get it. listening to Gunner, yeah. I would love the shit. So, like, it's one of those type of things. But there, I feel like there's more controversy bubbling up with this guy, Gunner. Because, uh, you know, one of the things that's permeating the, the, the atmosphere at this time is this concept and rules around snitching, mm. which, which rainbow, rainbow hair color, colored buddy. Um, bringing that into the into the zeitgeist right now, yeah. right? Um, and apparently, Gunna um, snitched allegedly, or apparently, uh, he definitely snitched <laughs> at, at some point in time too. So, um, I guess a clip surfaced uh, this week of Gunna being on Atlanta Crime Stoppers on television, trying to defend his cousin for a murder that his cousin was accused of committing. And basically, Gunner was on there defending his cousin, but also, I mean, I guess some would say dry snitching, others would just say straight up snitching on television to Crime Stoppers. That was straight up snitching. It was just straight up snitching. <laughs> if you say your cousin didn't commit the crime, but this nigga committed the crime, and they say his name, and you're like, he had a red shirt on this day. They both had red on, except my cousin had a hoodie on. That, that's straight up snitching. It is straight up snitching. I don't think there's any way around it. The way that the conversation is going to go, though, is around, you know, was he actually snitching or was his snitching justified because he was defending his cousin and, or his family member? And the whole thing is you could have he could have defended his family member mm-hmm. and proclaimed their innocence without snitching. Yeah. And so that's where it becomes just straight up snitching. You didn't have to say nothing about anybody else. You could have just been defending buddy. apply street rules, he might be able to argue that it's not snitching because he's not of the streets. So, like, he's a civilian, basically. So, like, if somebody's 90-year-old next-door neighbor neighbor saw them do a hand-to-hand transaction and told, is she snitching because she's someone that feels like she's doing the right thing by notifying the police of this illegal transaction, and she's not in the game. So some people might not view that as snitching. Now, if Gunner was with them, they just didn't catch him or think he did anything, but he's like, yeah, this guy did it, but my cousin didn't do it. Streets people might say, okay, now he's snitching, snitching. But if he's just a little nigga that made music at the time and just kind of reporting to try and help free his cousin, I mean, I'll say this, man. I don't, I don't know Gunner's street cred history. I don't know yeah. anything about that. What I will say is, if Crime Stoppers is that a lot of things? The, no, they all okay. over. I've never seen that shit before. Bro. Who the fuck watches Crime Stoppers? Nobody, <laughs> nobody in Springfield. They used to add them on to like the news segments, like they, they do a load of shits. Yeah. But the thing is, if you're getting interviewed on television, if you're in the mm-hmm. hood getting mm-hmm. interviewed on television about a crime, you clearly can't be affiliated with nobody that you're scared of doing that shit. 
true. right? Like the way that he looks and is presenting himself in this interview seems like he's just a person in this neighborhood of this neighborhood and his cousin was caught up in some shit. So I'm going to base it off of that. And if that's the case, him just trying to defend his cousin, whatever. What becomes the gray area is now, nigga, you have locks and you're an entertainer and you're mm -hmm. rapping and you just put your debut album out. So now there's going to be a lot of people who interpret or attempt to interpret your past actions erroneously or not, but you're going to either have to deal with it, like answer yeah. to that, or like figure out how you're going to have to, you're going to at some point spend some energy figuring out how to deal with that. But the thing is, with this generation and mm -hmm. given the precedent that Takashi 69 gave, and the fact that like I know a couple Gunna songs and I know of him and I still don't have the feeling or led to believe that he is the most gangster motherfucker that right. I ever heard, like I think it'll be fine. <laughs> I, I, think, don't, I don't I think it'll be I fine. don't think so. Why not? Because the clip the clip resurfaced because he was doing a Breakfast Club interview, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlamagne just straight up asked him. He was like, yeah, what's up with you and this crime stoppers? He's like, oh, I never stopped the crime. I don't know what the fuck, what that's about. The fact that he denied it and it's obvious evidence out, that displays guilt to me. Mm. And also, he's in the clip saying, I know people don't want to be labeled a snitch. <laughs> that, too, shows me that he knows it's yeah. not following street etiquette, per se. And also, the fact that um, he... Unlike six nine denied it, whereas six nine embraced it. Mm. So like, if you're being honest and truthful with yourself, you probably respect six nine a little bit more opposed to Gunner who's lying and trying to act like it didn't happen. Interesting. Which is the Ross method, which works, but I don't know if Gunner makes good enough music to pull off the Ross method. I mean, given his generation and the people that listen to him, I think he'll be fine. That's what I'm. You saying. think he'll have longevity? Well, what is longevity nowadays? Do you think little babies are gonna have longevity? What does that mean? Does that mean success? Yeah. I, I disagree. I would say that there's a lot of artists that are not in it for longevity, which doesn't mean they're not in it for success. Mm, okay. Um, like a Lil Yachty, hmm. right? Like he may have longevity, yeah. but I don't think he's in it. He's not doing this shit. For the purpose of longevity, Drake is doing this shit so that he exists forever, right? Okay, like there's legacy. a big, di yeah, there's a big difference to how they about legacy, right? Of exactly. I think just people have different goals when they when they okay. get into a um, when they get into some shit. They have different aspirations. Like there's some supremely talented athletes that I know who are talented enough to go to the NBA, but mm. were cool enough just getting a free degree. You know what I mean? Like that was that Shout was out to my boy John Shire. Shout outs. Like that <laughs> that's a but like that's a thing and I don't think you could really be mad at them for okay. accomplishing their goals. Like if that's what they wanted and that's what they aspire to. Mm. Whatever you thought their you know, their their talent was or whatever their their prospects were, that's I mean, that's like that's whatever. Okay. <laughs> so you have a point there. Everybody person. doesn't strive for greatness, they just strive to make a payday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Last music topic, uh, the versus battles that are mm. coming up this weekend, or I guess by the time y'all hear this, they would have happened. One of them, at least. One of them. So there's uh, Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man, and then there's 112 versus Jagged Edge, which 
hopefully you'll be tuning into right after you download oh. this episode. <laughs> Before we get into that, we got to talk about how disappointed Nelly was. Uh, yeah, because last episode. For him. We said we could. Yes. All right. So versus Nelly versus Ludacris. Shout out to the album art that we had last <laughs> week. That was a great fucking photo. Um, but Nelly versus Ludacris. There were so many things that 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 went wrong. Like Nelly got slammed for being Teddy Riley part two uh, <laughs> with his technical difficulties and all of that shit. Um, like apparently they had some weather issues out in St. Louis or That's whatever. What they say. That's what they claim. But that don't affect the Wi-Fi unless this nigga's using dial-up. I mean, literally unless a fucking shit. tower gets knocked down, your <laughs> shit shouldn't be affected. But all right, Most whatever. Wi-Fi uh, wires are underground anyway. Exactly. So like, Nelly, they get, Nelly needs to step his shit up. I don't know what to get some Verizon or something, nigga. I don't know what was going on with that. The bigger point though is his song selection for this fucking battle, bro. <sighs> This nigga, first of all, you sh- if you're going second, you should not lose any rounds. Nah. You should break even at minimum. Worst mm-hmm. case scenario, you should break even. Best case scenario, you should be up. Yeah. Coming out of your if you're going if you're going second. Right? Yeah, especially the songs he has. We're talking about a diamond album just play country grammar he could have just played the whole album literally <laughs> literally um i was very disappointed in nelly i personally had him winning but i or yeah. i i thought that he would win too, if man. it was i guess up to me playing his playlist and not him um <laughs> uh, but i did think that the culture and most public sentiment would be that Ludacris would win just because he's more popular and more refined as a as an entertainer i think i don't know if he's more popular but he's definitely more refined because you can see like his radio personality coming out when there were the glitches with Nelly. Yeah. Or like he could host and pe- keep people's attention. Yep. He was able to run the show, keep yeah, the show going. Whereas Nelly, he's just dancing in the background. His music Drunk games are playing and shit. Drunk as hell. Goofy uh, dances and everything. Man, I'm assuming like maybe that's why his selection was a little fucked up. Because he, he was lit? Just, yeah, he was just imbibed too much. So he wasn't. I don't know. I think so. This goes back to what I've been saying about these versus battles is it depends on your audience, because mm. I think that they were prepared for two different audiences. Mm. I think that Nelly thought that he was a bar spitter and was putting out his best and favorite songs. Really? I think Ludacris was putting out his most popular songs that he thought that the people would fuck with the most. Which is why you got these deep cuts from Nelly that maybe a lot of you niggas have never heard. Mm. But if you think about them songs, they're very lyric heavy. So he was proud okay. of them shits. Right? He, like he felt I like see he that because he know Little really actually be spitting. Exactly. So maybe he's like, I'm not gonna let him kill me, kill me on the bars. Exactly. Let me with this. Exactly. That will explain maybe why he didn't play Tip Drill. Which is what? <laughs> well, he did play Tip Drill actually. I thought he on. played it at the end. No, he played at the beginning. At the very beginning. I must have missed that one. Yeah, he played at the very I fucking tacos, beginning. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> El Diablo that. or whatever? Nah, I went to this place called La Patron or El Patron. It was decent. Um, okay. Yeah. Recommend them. But yeah, that's what I think. With that, that I think played a bigger role than him being drunk. Like, I think they were just prepared for two different audiences. Okay. That's fair. Because he played a couple songs. I'm like, why is he? 
play like that Florida Georgia line song that didn't make no kind of sense to play. Nope, shouldn't have did it. He didn't play the Tim McGraw. Did he? Sh- nope. If you're playing a country song, you got to play the Tim McGraw. Because that was a, that was, was a song. Yeah, man. He just he just he just should have had more people with him. A little disappointed, but the battle itself was great, ish. Yeah, right, like the actual song. Shout out to Title for putting the playlist together of the of of the battle songs that these people mm-hmm. are playing on versus. Like that a lot. I've been listening to Area Codes and Use a Ho from Ludacris all day. Um, so that was last week's versus. This week's versus is uh, Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man, a, a dance hall special. Yeah. And then uh, 112 versus Jagged Edge, which has been a very popular demanded yeah, yeah. Battle. battle. But let's start with Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man. I want to hear your takes. How do you feel about it? Who do you think is going to win? Go. <laughs> Go. I'm a I'm a reggae person. I haven't listened to Damn. Is Bounty Killer? Mm-hmm. See, this is how out of touch I am with the reggae. I thought it was fucking um Buju Bantan. Nope. So I was like, damn, that's an eye coupling because Buju and Beanie Man kinda hit for di- different demographics. Exactly. Bounty Killer. I never honestly was never a fan of Bounty Killer. More of a Beanie Man song, maybe because he just had more of an um an American, American sound. Yeah, because yeah. the songs he did with uh, Maya, them girls and Sugar, which everybody knows. Um, the song he did with Janet Jackson. He worked with a lot of American um, artists, mm-hmm. which is probably why I'm more familiar with him. I So because of that, I'm going with Beanie Man. And I think this is going to be probably the most competitive one so far just based on like dance hall culture and the class culture and just mm-hmm. reggae artists and rhythms and all of that so yeah. i'm kind of excited from that aspect um i don't know if it's going to have as high of a viewing as some of the other battles because it's such a specific genre mm. i don't know a lot of artists listen to so they might tune in because they might just be familiar with the beanie man song so i can see them getting a popular popular vote yeah but I, I think it's going to be entertaining either way. And a lot of niggas are not going to know what they're talking about. So I know a lot of the comments are like, what the fuck you just right, said? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Why this nigga ain't saying H's? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, this is going to be a very entertaining battle. I feel like this mm-hmm. is going to be, hopefully, these niggas' internet connections are working. But I feel Ooh, like if that is the that. case. They might be in Jamaica, yeah. If that is the case, then them niggas are going to be entertaining, if nothing else. <laughs> um, I actually think that because this is such a nuanced kind of genre, that there's going to be more Bounty Killer fans than Beanie Man fans on and uh, tuned in. And I think that Bounty Killer has a more authentic, less Americanized sound, mm-hmm. which means that I think that Bounty Killer is going to win. So. Your strategy for this, it's just, I don't, yeah, because you don't really know the demographic per se, because like if you're Beanie Man, he has more hits that are more known in America. Right. So is he playing for the American global audience, or is he going just for the, the people in Jamaica and trying to um, appeal to them? Because he has some rhythms and dancehall songs that I know aren't popular here, but like are hard in Jamaica. So I think the thing is with Beanie Man, though, with it, think about their marketing, right? Just trying to drive people to tune into this. Mm-hmm. Beanie Man is going to have to lean on that American crowd. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about your average American that hears that Beanie Man is about to do a versus battle, mm-hmm. how inspired are you to tune into that? You know a couple Beanie Man features. True. You know what I'm saying? You not you may not. 
You may not be the biggest dad tall fan. You just, oh, Beanie Man, he doing so, the first. You know what I'm saying? You definitely don't know who the fuck Bounty Killer is. You so see what I'm saying? So Bounty Killer is going to be able to drive more of that authentic kind right. of home crowd to this shit. Also, the Beanie Man songs that are popular here in America, there are versions without the American people. So I don't know. Mm. Does he go that and appeal to both audiences? Well, like, you're not going to get that Maya feature, but the song is going to sound familiar. Right. You know, Maybe. That? That's a good point. I didn't, I didn't even think about that, yeah. honestly. And like, how many songs are they going to play on other people's beats? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just, I wonder what the talking to music ratio is going to mm, be on this. You know how you know yeah. you know they like to talk. Yeah, I have a I have a hotter take about this though. They should have not done this. Mm. This is not a battle that should happen. Why um, do you say at that? least not right now in these times. And the reason I say that is because dancehall music is a very sociable, physical kind mm. of music. Okay. Mm. You True. gotta be around other people to get this shit off. To have a dance hall battle when you technically aren't supposed to be around other people, yeah. you not really, like, you can dance by yourself, I guess, <laughs> right? But, you know, I remember being in New York in Jamaica, Queens, as a fucking seven, before I even turned 18, year old, 18 years old, and, mm -hmm. and, and going into. Like these just random spots that would have Jamaican dance hall parties and remembering what that experience is like. Like that's a different yeah. type of sweat, bro. Yeah, that's I, a different type of I, that's some that's some different <laughs> shit. And it don't work by yourself. I it had just a very, don't. very similar experience. I remember when I was in college, my freshman year, I was on a train going home. I came across these girls I went to high school with. Mm -hmm. They went to DePaul, I went to Columbia. Okay. So like, I hadn't seen them in months, and I saw them, and like, hey, Chuck. they called me from across the train platform. Like, hey, yep. Justin, Justin, what's up, what's up? So I'm like, oh, shit, I ain't seen them. So I ran around and went on to the other side and started chopping it up with them. And they're like, yeah, it's a party going on uh, in Wrigleyville at this address we're going to tonight. It was like a Friday night. My friend uh, Lewis came up because I told him about it because I think he liked one of the girls. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> those right. girls, they were pretty funny. And I know they like to dance and just have a good time. So I was like, all right, cool. We're going to hit this party up. Yeah. I had never really been to Wrigleyville like that. So I didn't really know where I was going. <laughs> and this was what, uh, 12, 13, 14 years ago. Shit. So like I didn't really know how to use Google Maps. I think niggas might have still was been. that even a thing. It was like it was on it was maps on iPhones. That's probably what I had to use 15 years ago 14 14 first I was only adding years into my age it was the first iPhone yeah I, yeah I was a pioneer <laughs> I, I, people talk shit about me now but I had iPhones before all oh, y'all motherfuckers this is how you could have a basis for being anti-Apple now <laughs> exactly I've had a, sidekicks iPhones all that shit but um so they didn't give us a name of a place they just gave us uh address address so like we're just going to places trying to find it and like the address wasn't lining up to what it looked like a party we didn't hear any music so we just came across this club and at the time uh what's the name of the reggae club uh wild hair i think wild hair yeah so like we thought that was it because that was the only place where you heard black people music okay in wrigley so we went in there and like 
was like, what the fuck is going on? I'd never seen shit like that. It was just a whole bunch of people just hot, sweaty, dancing on each other. And reggae music was playing. Like, I had never really listened to reggae outside of classic Bar Marley at this point. Right. So I'm like, what the? I never feel like any energy like that. And all these women were beautiful. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And gyrating. But I was like, but this is definitely not the party. Because <laughs> these are older people. Mm. I was like, okay, this is not it. So then we eventually... I'm like, I'm like, nah, this is not it, but it looks lit. But I was like, this is not it, though, man. So I, me and Lewis keep walking. We eventually find this party. And, uh, oh, we couldn't get in either because it was 21 and up. So ah. we couldn't get in anyways. So uh, They probably we, got in, though. We walk a little further down the street. We find the address. But it was like no music really playing. This is around, like, maybe... 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. We didn't know you got to wait a little later to go to parties at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we went in. It was really nobody in there. There's a bunch of dudes. And yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, if I was only 21. Right. I would have been at that other shit. So yeah, we ended up going to a lame-ass party. I don't even remember if we saw the girls or not because we might have just left early because right. we was like, this shit is lame. This shit damn. And we paid $10 to get in here. So you can feel me when I say that it's gonna be weird to listen to dancehall included. Like that's some that's some that's some sociable shit. Yeah, man. that's gonna be weird. I don't know how the Jamaicans are feeling about social distancing right now. So it might be lit for them. Maybe because my my coworker that's from Jamaica is like, yeah, the cases are real low out there. So what's the what's the Jamaican spot in Chicago, Mr. Brown's Lounge Mr. Brown's or something Lounge. like that? Yeah. They had a, uh, before quarantine, they had a lit-ass brunch one day. Oxtails and Grits. I've never been to that brunch. I wanted to mm, go. Mm, mm. It's fire. Mm. I've been to the restaurant mm. years ago. When they, mm. First month they opened. They never... The Grits and Oxtails. Yeah. Actually. It's a different combination. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I fucked uh, with, with some bottomless mimosas. Shout out mm. to them, man. I can't wait. I can't actually, wait to go back my, out, bro. My white homie Bill put me on in Mr. Brown's Lounge. Really? <laughs> yeah, his last person... You think we'll put you on or some shit like that? You put me on, yeah. Do you call Shout him Bill Clinton? I call him Wild Bill. <laughs> that nigga be that wild. Yeah, he that likes to have a lot of the white boy fun. White boy fun. <laughs> that's a special type of fun. Yeah. All right, so the other versus battle that's happening is uh, 112 versus Jagged Edge. This one is not that entertaining to me, especially nah. because these are groups. Mm. Groups with beef. Groups with internal beef. Like, this is kind of just more so a playlist battle, if nothing else. Like, mm. anybody could be the host of this. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to look like. Are they I sending out representatives? I think there's two members of 112 represented them. I don't know who from Jagged is. Some of them twins. Probably. But my thing is, with this one, 112 is obviously going to win. They have way more hits. It's not even really close. Is it? Uh, yeah, I think so. 112 has more hits. For sure. I only know like two or nah, three. Nah, well, that's But I didn't listen to R&B back then. I feel like I only know two or three 112 songs. So I'm kind of in the same boat. And when I started hearing about this originally, I started going through those catalogs. Mm. And it's a bunch of 112 songs that I, didn't, I just didn't know was 112. Mm. <laughs> that's okay. all it was. It's like, well, only oh, off top, fuck. everybody knows Peaches and Cream. Exactly. And what the fuck is Jagged Edge playing when that comes on? Where the party at? Is that beating Peaches and Cream in your eyes? I don't think so. I think so. Okay, well, maybe that's why it's about battle. We gotta see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why it's about battle. So that one is happening, I guess, the day this comes out. Yeah, but that one, to me, is more interesting because of the internal beefs mm. within those camps. You just like, say you like tension. I do like There's that. tension all around. <laughs> I do like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I wonder if it'll come out 
and again, these are old niggas with technology. So like, <laughs> ah, let's play for them. Let's pray for them. Pod Wars. I've been tearing the streets up, boy. So it's super interesting, man. The the whole landscape, I guess, the pod, podcast has been, um, I mean, it's been developing and changing for a long time. But I think that now that it's a, a bit more mainstream and more popular, that some of the moves that are being made within this industry are uh, not only interesting, but have real implications mm. for the industry from top to bottom. This is one of them examples where they talk about a rising tide lifts all boats. This is kind of one of those situations where that um, applies and it applies in so many different levels. So in the podcast world, which is something that obviously we're in tune to, and I suspect that the other pods are aware of, or at least should be if you're not, oh well. But uh, a lot has been going on in, 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 uh, in the pod world lately. So one of the most popular podcasts, uh, the Call Her Daddy podcast, which is a Barstool Sports podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a podcast in one of these very popular genres of, you know, traditionally attractive women talking about slutty shit and sports. I think that's basically what their podcast is yeah, about, yeah, but like it's super popular, right? It's yeah. um, it's a really big deal. But they've been in the in the news this week and for a couple of weeks because of kind of the drama uh, internally with their podcast. So there's a whole bunch of beef around, um, you know, how much folks are getting paid, what type of intellectual property they own, basically the splits, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the yeah. the the merch and the alcohol and all of this other shit. Um, you know, them being a, a, a podcast that didn't really exist before they got signed and blew up while they were signed. And, you know, really the role that the creatives versus the industry itself plays really, to me, got brought to the forefront in this situation. Um, but it was really a dynamic situation because it had a lot of these elements, right? It had the... You know, the initial signing, then it had the renegotiation, then it had somebody sticking their nose in, trying to fuck shit up, and it had it had a bunch of different, like, dramatic elements, but at the end of the day, to me, what it came down to is, you know, as talent that has to rely on some other entity to become known, mm. what are you willing to sacrifice to become known? Mm. Right. And, and and what implication does that have on the art that you're creating? I've said this for a long time, man. The moment that you start creating art with the purpose of profit, you are literally perverting art. Like you're mm. literally destroying the whole purpose of art. And I can't respect you or your art from that moment forward, as right. long as you're doing it for that reason. Right. Like if you're creating Purist. something to profit off of it as an artist, yeah. uh, as, I'm talking strictly art. If you're creating it with the sole purpose of profiting from it, nah fam, you're fucking, you're fucking it up. Now, if you create something that is so just authentic and true to you and you happen to profit off of it, then profit off of it, market that shit, make the money out of it. But the purpose of you creating should not be for profit. So, all right. How do you feel about historically artists being um, having patrons who pay them to create? Is that perverted art, or how do you view that? 
I view that because I the question to me becomes if you are creating that would you be creating that art if there were no patrons? Right? Like would you still be some of our best art wouldn't be out in the world because they wouldn't have been paid to do it. As far as like the Sistine Chapel, the ceiling in the Sistine Chapel. Nobody well, I mean somebody would have did it, but Michelangelo wouldn't have did it if he wasn't paid. Yeah, but I did. But I guess did he? Did he? Uh, I guess this is a very purest thing. Like it's very hard to explain. Because um, if the intent behind okay. taking that money, right? Because what you're what what you're advocating for, what it sounds like to me, is for the starving artists, basically. Because like you you you're, I feel like you're saying you basically need to create just to make the art not necessarily for the profit so it's the same you would would you turn down money to create art no that, but <laughs> uh, but that's the thing i don't think that those mm. are mutually exclusive right to me it's the same argument about becoming a coach of youth sports mm. right let's say you work at a school there. okay right let's say you work at a school and they're offering an extra band and a half for you to coach the football team. Mm -hmm. That's a part of this school. Now, if you're doing that, if you're taking that position, if you're coaching the football team because you can make an extra $1,500, I don't think that you should be the coach. Mm. Period. Okay. And that is the moral line that I'm talking about. Now, if you would be the football coach, and regardless of if they would pay you $1,500 or not, right? Mm -hmm. And you are, if you are willing to put in the work and the time and the effort to be the football coach, regardless of how much money they yeah. pay. But I mean, that then that is the, it's more of a mindset or a mentality or a passion level that yeah. I'm looking at instead of, because I also am not faulting that person for saying, you know what, this place is paying me more to do this mm -hmm. than you. So I'm gonna go over here and it's paying me more because I'm gonna do it regardless. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? To me, it's more about that innate passion level that translates like for a coach yeah. um, of a of a specifically of a youth sports yeah. type thing. To me, it's very similar to to being an artist. It's like you should be creating because you fuck with creating, and then whatever else comes with it, it is what it is. But it shouldn't dictate or control how you create. Um, I get what you're saying. But I, I think I might disagree because I care more about the end result and the intention. Like, if Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones didn't have the intent of making a popular record for every genre that was on Thriller, it might not have went diamond. But that was an intention going in. We got this really great music. So I care about the output of what they did, not necessarily their intention when they made it. So if the output is good, I don't know if I necessarily care where it came from. I think that's on the consumer end, though. As a as a creative, you cannot be in the process of creating thinking about the end result. Right? I just told you two examples of where. But I don't even think that that's necessarily the case. I can't necessarily say, for example, that Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones' primary objective in putting the the. Well, like creating this is the individual coming from songs. Quincy Jones' mouth. 
but but even still though i don't think he was composing records like making decisions about the sound of a record based on the money what quincy jones said was that michael jackson approached tim told him he wanted to make an album where every song on the album was a hit and he wanted to touch into different genres but is that that's not inherently tied to money to me to me as an artist no but as an artist to me that to me but see no as an artist what that describes is the reach of the art that you're trying to create it's like, yo, I want to create something that all kinds of people can fuck with. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. I want to create something that everybody going to buy. That's a, that's a distinct difference to me. Like, to me, what you said, what I heard mm-hmm. from the artist's perspective is, yo, Quincy, I'm trying to create something that has every kind of genre, right. that, is, that is universal, that everybody is going to fucking listen to and like and fuck with. It's a fucking, it's the, it's the, uh, gender non-conforming of music like to me that's what i'm hearing him say it's not not saying yo i want to make something that literally everybody on the planet with money is going to Mm -hmm. purchase that's not what i'm hearing so like maybe that could be a an effect or something that like Uh you know is is a byproduct but like going into it when he called quincy i don't think he's thinking or saying Yo, as we create this, it needs mm. to be profitable. I'm going to intentionally create this so that it makes money. Because I think that's a different okay. thing than I want to create this so that it touches more people. So right? Like, that's a different thing to question me. Question for you. Why do you think people make hit records with the intention of the record being a hit? Why did Drake make Tussie Slide? Is that what you're asking me? I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Is that what, but, uh, like, that, mm. that's, a, that's an example, right? Is it? I think so. Why else would he make that record? But for some bread, right? And that record is doing really well, so clearly it works. But if you were to sit, so my thing is, if you were to sit down and ask Drake how you feel about that song, what would he say about it? That to me is what I'm talking about from the mm-hmm. creative's perspective, how they feel about the shit that they put out. I'm gonna venture out and say that if you ask Drake about that song, he'll be like, you know. If he's being honest. If he's being honest. Well, yeah, if he's being honest, for sure. He may not, you know, mm-hmm. publicly state that, but I'm talking about the intentions of creatives. Right. Right? Like, I'm talking about if you're creating something. He created that song with the intention to profit. And the people an who assumption. fuck with music. Well, I, yes, it is an assumption. Yeah. But I'm going to assume that. And <laughs> based on my assumption, the song, like, the people who fuck with Drake and yeah. his shit don't fuck with that song. Right, and a lot of their commentary behind it is, oh, he just kind of did that. However, it's still super popular and making a whole lot of money. So, like, I haven't as heard a, any as Drake stands not say they don't fuck with the song. Because I guess he I've has two examples of that. He has the. Uh, I've heard a lot of those actually. <laughs> you might know more Drake uh, stands than me. I think I don't. I don't think I know any. But you have the Tootsie Slide and. The, uh, Best you ever had? Best nah, I ever had? Nah, the other one that came out a few year, couple years ago. Gosplan? The other one. Key, nice key. for what? Yeah. One was made without the intention of being popular, and the other one wasn't. And I feel like they both resulted in making money and 
success, so I don't really see why the intent matters. People have enjoyed the songs. The, at the end of the day, honestly, in the world, the intent doesn't matter. The okay. impact is what matters. I'm speaking, I guess, from the perspective of the creative and how you feel about what you put out. Mm-hmm. So my question to counter what you just said okay. is, if you ask Drake which song does he feel better about, God's mm-hmm. Plan or Tussie Slide, I think mm-hmm. that the answer would be self-revealing, right? Like, I think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not even trying mm-hmm. to say which one he would fuck with more, but based on what he says and how he answers that question, I think would we'll say a lot about, you know, the different spaces that artists are in when they're trying to create. See, with Drake, it might be tricky because... He might see Tussie Slide as him like coming up with a strategy and a plan and it working perfectly to a T. Whereas um Nice for What just came out of nowhere, didn't didn't really have the intention of beginning to hit. So he's like, eh, you know, just just call one. Yeah. And he's like, Tussie Slide, I had this plan, executed it, it I worked. Built that shit. So like I don't know how you would view it, him being such a strategist. But if he's speaking like freely, I think he would say like he might have had more, more soul, more of a soul put into uh, Nice for What than, even though that Nice for What video was like mad pandering. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he's all strategy. He's like, fuck it. This is everything I wanted to do, but I don't know. So I guess my point is specifically with the Call Her Daddy podcast and the and the like little beef that they had. They. All signs point to the fact that they were creating with the intention of profit um, and, you know, all the stars align for mm. that to be supported and for their shit to blow up. But when it comes down to it, and again, as a bit of a content purist and like how you should create and the why you should create it, it, it spoke a lot to me about how this industry works because what gets rewarded in this industry is literally just the numbers. Right, it's the mm-hmm. money. That's what gets rewarded. But as a creative, I I often worry about perverting the art for a profit. Mm-hmm. Right, like I I worry about that a lot. And you know, I think that this call her daddy situation is is one that kind of reveals that where the the art, the content is secondary to everything else. And that's why they haven't recorded an episode in six weeks. I mean, it's a little right. deeper than that. But yeah. It is, but at the end of the uh, day, the bottom line is they have the opportunity to create content throughout mm. this. And because of the monetary things, they did We don't know that part, it. though. No, we do. It's, we don't it's know public. if their contract is set up, if they can do. No, no, we do. That's what I'm saying. We do? Yeah. When do we <laughs> see the public. contract? The contract has been publicly shared over uh, social media. Okay. Uh, Barstool CEO recorded a podcast this week on their feed explaining mm. the shit. Um, the two hosts of the shit have been publicly talking about what's going on. Like, it's not a secret. I didn't hear about if they could record or make anything outside of that contract. So that's why I wasn't sure what was. Well, they, what they were allowed to do was, no, if they recorded an episode of the Call Her Daddy podcast and tried to do mm-hmm. it outside of the Call Her Daddy podcast, then yes, they would get sued. But what Barstow CEO was saying, like, yo, throughout all of this shit, y'all could have been pushing the content, saying your own opinions, talking shit about us on your platform oh, this whole time. Oh, that's different. They were str- that, their strategy was not to record. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. So what they did was they leveraged the art for the purpose of profit, which is mm. a detriment to the fans and the people that consume the art. That's what that's, I'm talking about. That's the. Gotcha. 
That's the mentality that I'm talking about. Fam, we're doing this shit for y'all. Right? Like, we're doing this shit yeah. to be consumed. And if I'm going to hold that hostage for money, mm-hmm. then I have to question my intentions of creating the art for y'all. However popular it is. However dope it is. Like, mm. I mean, it's just a, it, to me, it's just a question. Like, you have to look at that. You have so, to look at that. If you felt like you were being taken advantage of and not getting what you were owed as far as dues and monetary value, you would still create content knowing that you're st- every time you create something you're getting taken advantage of, or would you just stop? Or you you would probably try to find another way to create content. One thousand percent. I am going to leverage. What well, that's not my, an option. My creativity, but it is though. What if it's not an option? What are you doing? Then I'm going to. Um, I'm going to see out my prior obligations. Okay. And then I'm going to make you real mad that you didn't really go shit. Like that's now I have an extra motivation. Like oh, oh now you're not like now you don't want to recognize. Cool. But I'm a man of my word. So I didn't said I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do this, and I'm gonna blow it the fuck up. I'm gonna do it so good. But now. At the end, there's no chance that I'm coming back. And you're just going to be salty about it. Mm. Now there's no opportunity. So, for example, these girls signed a three-year deal, right? They signed a three-year yeah. deal. After six months, they were trying to renegotiate, right? Which is crazy. Which is wild as fuck in the first place. <laughs> but they even said, all right, you know what? Fuck it. At one year, we can renegotiate. They, and they wasn't happy with that. In I six months, been like, they, and they did renegotiate. And they did. They got way more ridiculous but my point is if i would i would have been like oh where i would have after one year i would have been like hey let's renegotiate these are the things that i want yeah. if i can't get close to what i want i'll be like you know what all right bet let me go ahead and finish this contract out mm-hmm. let me let me blow this shit up but i'm 1000 percent not coming back here but and now you're just putting it to money into something that you yeah. know is leaving but contractually you have to support and prop yeah. up because we're in the contract and I'm honoring my half, you gonna honor your half, and then, you know, that's my that's my bluff card is I'm not coming back here because you ain't want to yeah. renegotiate. But obviously, at the end of the day, I'm gonna just keep that in the tug. Like, yo, we've created something beautiful yeah. together, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, but I I thought it was like common knowledge. Everybody knows you get janked on that first contract, and once you do what you need to do. That second one is when you hit them over there, like NBA, you got the rookie contract, NFL, you got the rookie contracts, record labels, you have these first few album contracts. I feel like a lot of people, though, don't recognize, they don't realize how shitty of a deal that is until they get popular. Yeah. Until their dreams start well, coming true. Well, it's not necessarily shitty, but like whoever well, has to leverage leverage it's benefits of them yeah yeah so like, but i don't think a lot of people recognize that when you're just an artist creating yeah. right like you know you don't care about that honestly i guess and, and and until somebody is able to open your eyes into what you should be getting for this or like mm. exposing you to some shit as an artist and again as a purist you don't even you're not even creating shit with that intention or with that in mind right so like once you start becoming aware of it like hold up hold up hold up my shit is worth this oh yeah we need to you know we need to talk about this um but as a person that is confident in my art and my content i feel perfectly okay if y'all don't want to recognize like this is why we're doing this podcast on our own now is Mm. because like we have confidence in our shit is lit it's going to catch on it's going to be fine it catches on since you're an artist, mm-hmm. 
I know you're going to give me more profit because I don't want that profit to distract you from creating the art, whereas it won't distract me. So just give me more whatever you're getting. Just slide me some of that. I think that... So you can be a purist. I don't want it to influence you. Well, TBH, <laughs> I am not, I'm not, you know, the, the purpose of this podcast for me in mm-hmm. creating this is not to profit. Okay. Right? So, like, when it comes time to, and I can, I feel perfectly comfortable stating this publicly, is like, when it comes down to when this thing is profitable and when it does come time to talking about the splits, mm-hmm. I'm going to just let all of y'all know now. The money is not going to be the primary motivation (laughs) for how I for how I handle that negotiation. It's just not. It's going to be a factor. It's going to be a big factor. It's not going to be the primary thing Um, because to me, this art is more like I don't give a fuck if we never get paid to do this shit. I'm going to keep doing it. You know, it's always going to be about the groupies. I feel you. It's all. It's for (laughs) y'all. This is all about y'all. I'm here for y'all. I'm a public servant. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That's how I kind of feel about it. So I specifically about the call her daddy situation, man. Those creatives, I kind of feel like they were never creating with the intent of mm. creating in the first place. It was kind of a money play. Have and you I think that yeah, I've listened to their shit. Good? No. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan. I didn't hear about it till all this shit started happening. Same, but when I heard about it, I started trying to listen back to it, like try to figure out why it's so popular. It's because it's. It's just whiteness, bro. It's literally just white <coughs> slut shit. Like, I mean, it's just vanilla. It's, it's like vanilla whore shit. You know what I mean? Oh, it's man. not. Yeah. It's not compelling. Okay. I don't know, but it's mainstream as fuck. So that's what that is. So shout out to Barstool <laughs> and Call Her Daddy. <laughs> Continuing the Pop Wars conversations. Biggest podcast on the planet signed to Spotify this week. Mm. Um, which I think is a very, 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 very big deal. So for those who don't know, the Joe Rogan Experience signed a licensing deal with Spotify. Um, It's a three-year deal. It's an X amount of dollars. We don't really know. Speculation is around 100 million um, or more. But yeah, basically the biggest, most popular podcast in the world is now going to be exclusively found on Spotify. And this has, I think, really big implications for the podcast landscape for a number of different reasons. One, I think that uh, kind of the details within this deal with Joe Rogan is important. The fact that he's keeping all his rights, keeping the name, Mm -hmm. keeping his ability to put it in profit off it on YouTube, all of the intellectual property, the creative control, literally is keeping all of that. Um, you just got to go to Spotify to get his shit. Mm. So Spotify literally becomes uh, authentic and a source for podcasts simply by having the biggest podcast in the world on yeah. their platform. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the Joe Rogan experience as a podcast, think of it as uh, a record label signing Drake if he was a free agent. You're getting the biggest artist in the game and you're giving him a ridiculous amount of money to exclusively put his content on your platform. So like iTunes signing Drake, just yep. to put music out on iTunes that you only can get in iTunes. So like you might be able to hear a snippet of the Drake song on YouTube, but mm-hmm. you're only going to see the full album and song mm-hmm. on Apple. That's basically what Joe Rogan and Spotify just did. And this means a lot for a number of different reasons. 
A, the creative control that he wasn't able to maintain during this deal, I think is very, very critical and very, very important. Uh, but B, the, excuse me, the dollar amount um, involved here. You know, podcasts have been a kind of underrepresented industry for a really, really, really long time. We've yeah. been listening to podcasts for a really long yeah. time. The JRE has existed for 11 years, yeah. right? So, like, the fact that podcasts, these really, this really niche media uh, source is now starting to become profitable mm -hmm. and mainstream and it's starting to turn the wheels on this industry and affecting other industries as well right like your traditional media radio mm -hmm. right television personalities radio person nobody gives a fuck about that censored watered down bullshit <laughs> and play the same songs all the time exactly give yeah. me that exact same shit raw yeah. straight from the source right from the person saying it mm -hmm. that's so much more authentic and it's so much better in the in the eyes of the consumer that you know, podcasts are starting to make a lot of other content platforms irrelevant. And then add on top of that, the revenue, the money. Now it's money yeah. in it. Now you got ad revenue. Now you got people selling ad space on podcasts. It, like the, this literally just altering the game. And when, you know, art like the JRE, the Joe Rogan experience, and that is being propped up and profited then mm -hmm. that means a trickle-down effect of my eyes to audiences all around. Because what's going to happen is they pay Joe Rogan based off of the last 11 years and what he's built over the last 11 years, right? And what they're doing, what Spotify is doing is putting a, a, a stake in the ground saying that, yo, we see this as an investment that's going to be profitable moving forward. Mm -hmm. And in order to be seen as an authority in this space, we're going to sign... Um, the most popular podcast here. But what does that trickle down to to all the other podcasts? Mm -hmm. It means that, yo, from now on, we're not investing in things that are already established and dope already. Now we're looking for the next best thing. Mm. And now there's going to be opportunities on a fucking Spotify yeah. to be a young, dope, call her daddy type podcast with no cred previously, but going to be supported by the fucking Spotify yeah. machine. Yeah. Or like a or like a, a, a something that pops up on their competitor now that they're just gonna invest in and prop up. Like this means a rising tide for the podcast industry overall, yeah. I think, in my mind, as an industry, you know, the JRE signing, the fact that before Joe Rogan signed, the Joe Budden podcast was the biggest podcast on the Spotify platform. And they're about to renegotiate their contract in, in, in the winter. Exactly. Right? Like all of this means a lot. This is a this is this is a lot because guess what's gonna happen with Joe Button? They're either gonna stay for more money or go mm -hmm. to somewhere else for more money. Yeah. You I know wonder, what I mean? Like they never really talked about that deal. I don't think they have a licensing deal with uh I'm not with Spotify. With Spotify, I think it is. I think is they have the same exact thing because um, not the, the same old exact. They ain't in that number. Well, it's that. not the number, but I think it's the same type of deal because if you go on Apple Podcasts, you can find the old Joe Budden shit. You can still find. But the I mean, like shit. the current content that is exclusively on Spotify. So are they licensing it, or do they own that to remain on their platform for forever? <sighs> See, I don't know. They have that I don't same know those details. Joe, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. That's a good point because yeah. I think what happens with uh, Joe Rogan shit is it's a, all of his all of his content is exclusive 
to Spotify for the next the three year. years. Yeah. Or at starting at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But all of it can be found is only found on Spotify except he gets to keep his clips page for YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah. So he can still profit off of that. Still promos for his Spotify book. shit. <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and if he can't put the full episodes on YouTube anymore and make that money, well, now they're on Spotify. And you can watch them for free. And you can watch them for free. You, you can stay as the consumer. Like on fucking YouTube. Exactly. And I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan, the first 10 minutes of his podcast is ads. <laughs> literally. <laughs> shit yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, and that's the other part. He's literally, <laughs> his ad space is in shit that he already has equity in. So, like, I don't know, man. This means a lot. This is, this... When you talk about independent media, when you talk about artists and creatives and like just this new landscape that we're in, um, I think this means a lot. I think it means a lot, and it means, you know, that hopefully that the cream of the crop in this industry rises to the top and gets rewarded for it, man. Mm. And you know, that's obviously what we're aspiring for, um, and we'll see how it goes. More pod wars. Podcast Wars, the JBP versus Gilly the Kid. What's um, what's Gilly's podcast name? Million Dollars Worth of Game or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I mean, Wallow's And they're on Barstool too, aren't they? Yep. Uh. <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm just now getting privy to this information. So maybe you should uh, intro this topic. Uh, Joe Budden Podcast versus Gilly the Kid. I want to say last week on one of the episodes of the JBP, they were talking about some of the news that came out about the million dollars worth of game where one of the people that was involved, I think his name was Devin or Devon, but they call him Dev. He had an issue with Gilly where I guess he wanted to be compensated more for his work he was involved in in the podcast. So when that news came out, the JBP were kind of just talking about it and saying their views and how they would handle things or how things should break down or how they broke down. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Gilly the Kid got word of this, he got pretty angry. And uh, only the way Gilly the Kid does, which is usually comical. Yep. So he felt as if they were spreading misinformation based on them not knowing all the facts. And he didn't appreciate that. So he took it upon himself to kind of break down what was happening so he could hear his side of the story and also explain what they had wrong. In the process of him doing that, he decided to throw some insults towards the, the crew of the JBP at Joe <laughs> as far as uh, another rapper rolling up to Joe's house and slapping his uncle and Joe Budden not doing anything about it. He shot shots at the whole crew, bro. <laughs> he said Rory was basically riding Joe's coattails and really didn't contribute much outside of just being Joe's man. And he admitted that Maul put them on the game, him and Wallow, but he said that Maul was soft as baby shit, which I don't know what he's referring to in that sense because that really doesn't have anything. Sound like he'll anything. beat his ass and still take his information. <laughs> Basically. That's what it sound like. So that's where they are at with it. Yeah, and this is interesting because as a listener to the JBP, they usually talk shit about this type of shit. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to it, they did not reference this at all as far as there being any smoke. To me, though, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Gilly has a fucking point. Like, yep. I kind of feel like Gilly is in the right. And we in this space of media where all we're doing is talking shit. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just your spin on whatever everybody is talking about. And so, uh, you know, from Gilly's perspective, like, hold up, my nigga. <laughs> you can't just, you know, you can't have this huge-ass platform and be telling lies or shit that ain't true. And, and you know, 
to me, the uh, the level-headed mind is, all right, maybe y'all didn't know all the details, so y'all just yeah. going off what you're saying. Because if you look at what the JBP said, they didn't say anything disrespectful. It was not inflammatory. It was, honestly was literally perfectly fine. They were just giving their take on like literally how had. we do, yeah. right? But from a person like Gilly who knows the intimate details and hearing that shit, it's like, yeah. my nigga, y'all got too many people listening to you for you to be out here, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, disseminating certain information. So I, I feel for Gilly in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, how the details get discussed yeah. and all of that. Um, I think he's in the wrong. Why? Because of how he came at them or the fact that he's upset? He came at them in a very emotional manner. Sure, but it's his podcast. That's no, what we no, do. No, 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 no. If you have... Make it content. Exactly. So you go on the podcast and talk your shit about them, or you break it down, get your point out to a bigger audience, because I know they have a bigger audience than his podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's a way to kind of market and set the uh, case straight so people know what's actually happening. Maybe. And I know they would have had him on that podcast because oh, they oh, fuck with one thousand percent. They would so have like to get that emotional outburst where you're calling people outside their names or talking down on them. You miss out on creating content. I think that yes, I one thousand percent agree with you. I don't think that he should have changed what he said, but he should have been presented in a different way for the content, like to elevate the content. I would have saved that rant for the next podcast, for example. Right, like he don't have a big no, platform on his own. that podcast talking that shit. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I think he could have leveraged. Like he don't have. Uh, and Gilly, please don't come after me, bro. But <laughs> I don't think he has the audience. <laughs> I don't think he has the audience for him to do an IG live rant and for it to hit. He would have to go on the JBP yeah. or talk about it on his own podcast or. You know what I'm saying? Go on the Breakfast Club or talk to Hollywood Unlocked or the Shade Room or something like that for it to, for that rant that he that gave been for the it to, been to facilitate it. Well, 1,000%. Like, I always enjoy when podcasts cross over because it's kind of like seeing comic book characters yep. or superheroes do some shit together where you're like, you never see that shit happen. It's like Justice League getting together and hearing a conversation in the uh, Hall of Justice. Right. But I, I don't think Gilly's in the wrong for how he feels. I think he may be in the, I guess, in the wrong for not finessing the content. Yeah. Um, but I also don't feel like the JBP was wrong because I didn't, I didn't hear them say anything disparaging. They yeah. were just basically giving their opinion off of the facts that they knew, and I maybe guess, they just didn't know enough facts to be talking as, about it. As Dame Dash would say, they were being chatty patties. Right. Exactly. So Which is exactly that. what they were. Yeah. Um, like. I mean, trust me, we're going to be chatty patties once we have those connects to chat about. But <laughs> right now, it's just all speculation, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all speculation. I want to talk about these hoe-ass niggas that's out here being thoughts for PS5s, though. That's what I want to talk about. Is that really happening? I thought it was just an internet meme. Um, I'm starting to get concerned that it's no longer well, just internet I know internet you're meme. a gamer. Yeah, so but I'm also... Um, are you referring to yourself? No, I'm a grown-ass oh, okay. man. That can buy things for myself. I don't. But need why to. would you buy something where you don't have to? Pride, ownership. So when anybody gets you a gift that you didn't buy for yourself, are you returning that? I didn't say that. We're so you're assuming this because of some stipulations. Assuming what's because of some stipulations? <laughs> you're only getting the the PlayStation Five if it's bought for you. It comes with stipulations. You're not prepared to 
follow through on? Well, anything that is purchased for you probably comes with some stipulations. Definitely. It's likely that it comes with some stipulations, which is why I'm an advocate for getting your own shit and owning mm -hmm. your own shit. Mm. So that you don't have those strings tied to you. <laughs> I've, um, I had a PlayStation. Bro, Whitney destroyed my PlayStation 3 mm. over some beef. Mm. Right? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, the animosity that I had towards her was mm. on a very different level because that was my shit. I yeah. purchased that. I had that PlayStation before I knew her. I feel like you're not making an argument for yourself right now. Well, let me continue. Okay. When I bought my PS4 mm -hmm. and was able to... So that PS3 never got replaced? Well, it did. Okay. It was replaced. By you? Well, she bought me a PS4 to replace it, and then I bought my own PS4 just so I could have a PS4 that she didn't buy me. Because I know that trick. <laughs> I know that trick. So, I, so. I respect your commitment, brother. <laughs> so King Petty over here. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> so listen, yeah. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here, so that you can when you next time you get mad, you can destroy the shit. Your shit collecting like, dust. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. But basically, I hear it's it. Now I'm starting to see it's a lot of niggas out here uh, removing their morals for PlayStation Fives. And, you know, I just want more out of Kings, but really what this conversation is directed towards the Queens out here buying PS5s for niggas that can't afford them or don't deserve them. Mm. And that's another conversation. You know, we talk about accountability on this podcast a lot. Mm -hmm. We talk about the role that men have in being better and being just a better person on the planet, being more... Uh, uh, um, uh, a quality global citizen, but then we also talk a lot about the role that women have in perpetuating the fuck shit that they complain about from men. And if you're gonna be buying niggas who don't deserve PS5s, PS5s, I'm gonna need y'all to shut the fuck up about the quality of men, because y'all are enablers and you're not helping any of us. <laughs> Those of us out here trying to do the work, yeah. you're not helping us, fam. Because if your nigga drives, you drops you off at work in your car and don't got a job and, and go back home up on time. and then is late picking you up, he can't have a PlayStation. He, he just can't have one. He, he don't deserve, he don't deserve yeah. it. And your yeah. ass bet not get him one. Like, nah, I can't do it. We can't do that. I saw something funny. Somebody I follow on Instagram was like, if your man can't afford a PlayStation 5, you buy one, but you keep it at your house. <laughs> yeah, so. and then you could tell him when to turn that shit off. And she's like, and when your other niggas come over, they'll have something to do. <laughs> exactly. And then not only that, I like that a lot, but then you I can know, also tell a nigga when to one. get the fuck off the game. Yeah. Because that's something that me and Whitney argue with about a lot. It's because, number one, we're around each other literally 24-7, yeah. the whole quarantine. Mm. So if I'm in the living room playing my game and she's in her bedroom playing music videos in my mind we're still together like we're <laughs> literally feet apart i'm spending time with you just in another room in my mind that's how it works and clearly don't work like that all the time but like yeah man 
know. <laughs> you gotta just own your shit, kings and yeah. and queens. Stop stop enabling these dudes. It's gonna be painful. Maybe you might not get the dick you wanted this weekend, or or or. At the opening summer, weekend. That's a fair exchange. They're like, this is exactly what I needed. Okay, and I can't. I guess I can't knock you for that. But like, just maybe raise your standards a little bit. Maybe make him, make give him a chore that he has to do every time he come over. Maybe there's something that like you don't give him no pussy and you give him hell every time he get on the game if he don't like. I don't know. Clean the microwave or something like give him a task like like give him a task. Cut the grass. Take something. Out the do something. Social you have to. One. Y'all gotta help us. Like we're gonna, we're gonna do what we can to instill yeah. just motivation and light fires under men's asses. But y'all y'all gotta do something too. Like y'all gotta have some so requirements. Would you too, rather man. brother slaying some penis for PS Five or create that Only's fan and get their own PS Five? OnlyFans. Okay. All right. Respecting the entrepreneurs. Yep. Got you. OnlyFans. All right. Consistent. <laughs> yeah, man. You're not going to hear no wishy-washy shit here. It's very, it's very <laughs> consistent, bro. Own your shit. <laughs> Do your own shit. Don't be a fucking... I mean, either way, technically, a woman is going to buy you a... My point. <laughs> My point. But one way you have dignity, the other you don't. <laughs> That's suffering. I mean, it is up for interpretation, yeah, but at least yeah. you control. Okay, one you way you say, control, the other yeah, way you don't. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. No, your dignity is not part of this equation. <laughs> at, at all, <laughs> your dignity is not a part of this. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So let's do some Florida man, and mm. let's get this. Uh, let's get this Memorial Day weekend. On and pop it. All right. Uh, do a Florida man specific to Memorial Day or? Ooh, let's do that. Florida man Memorial Day. I like that. Yep. <laughs> the very first one. <laughs> We're going with the very first one. Uh, oh, this is Reddit. Uh, I, I got this yeah, one. Reddit got it. Shout out to Reddit too. Though. All right, so Florida man accused of throwing corn on the cob at his mom during Memorial Day weekend. Arrest affidavit lists his occupation as a cook. So I'm going to stop right there and give a huge shout out to Jason Derulo for getting his teeth fucked up uh, in his TikTok video. So I don't know if y'all know, but Jason Derulo is killing TikTok. That's what I've heard. 20 million followers or something God like that. Damn. And he's just been wilding in quarantine. I just saw a random click shit. of this nigga making the world's biggest stack of pancakes. Yeah. So he's doing shit like that. Uh, on the internet, uh, he recently also tried to stick a corn on the cob on a drill, and I think we've seen this all before. It's like somebody trying to eat mm. a corn on the cob on a drill. When he tried it, it basically knocked all his front teeth out. Like, Are you serious? And it's on video. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's the uh, the corn cob segue, but. The Again, this is the same fucking city in Florida, What's Zephyr that? Hills. Do you remember that? It must be the, uh, the Zephyr Hills, white trash area. The Pasco County Sheriff's Office arrested a Zephyr Hills man after deputies claim he threw corn on the cob at his mom Saturday Saturday night at their home. According to an arrest affidavit, the corn hit the top of the mother's head, 
but she did not suffer any physical injuries in the Memorial Day weekend altercation. Why do these stories never have any fucking context? They have no context. <laughs> and also, half the time, I don't understand how the authorities got called. Like, because he hit her in the head with some corn, but nothing. There were no physical injuries. So, like, why did she call the cops? In the way he's smiling on that picture. It's like, he's like... Unless that's an old mugshot or some shit, but like... I don't know, man. I'm confused. Fucking Florida. I'm going there soon. I want to go to Miami so bad. Oh, my God. I'm ready to go outside, bro. You end up as Florida, man. I'm ready to go outside. I would be Florida, man. Talks about going to Florida for weeks on this podcast. Goes and gets coronavirus within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I got the antibodies, nigga. I mean, if you want to go it. out and really have a good time, they told me Wisconsin is opened up. Yeah, but they, I don't know. I'm cool on Wisconsin. Right, What's the deal with Wisconsin besides the Dells? They have, they're known as being a good food city. From what no, I've they're heard. not. From they have what cheese. I've heard. They have cheese. People they're the water park like, capital of the world. I've heard people cheese. from New York admit that Wisconsin is a good food city. They also think their pizza is better than ours. I can't trust them. That's true. <laughs> I can't trust them. Fuck out of here. As you know, I don't trust anything about New York City. Yeah, you hate New York City with a passion. Mm-hmm. Would you rather New York or California um, were no longer a part of the United States? New York? Yeah. Calif- I fuck with California. Yeah. Yeah. New York's not what it used to be. Is it just New York City or the whole state that you have a beef with? Uh... I feel like you go upside as niggas that are racist. It's not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I dream of the New York where niggas used to get robbed and it was yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Where I heard about in my rap songs from the 80s and yeah, the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Times Square was a safe. No yeah, they don't got that no more. Like, when did New York become washed in your eyes? Uh, it became washed once I started being able to travel experience other cities and like then talking to people from New York and realizing that they are very biased Mm. and everything that I could do in New York I pretty much can do in Chicago Mm. if you know the right people know where to go Mm -hmm. you can do a whole bunch of random shit that you can do in New York and Chicago so that's when I learned that New York was overrated and I can't trust the opinions and I also learned that it's dirty and it stinks and everything's crowded. Mm-hmm. And the people are rude. Why would that be such a great city? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to walk on this New York slander ledge with you. <laughs> I fucks with New York, but I feel you. I definitely get it. Yeah. I've always said that New York is a bigger, faster, dirtier, nastier version blah, of Chicago. <laughs> like, it's literally yeah. just the... It's like a... It's like the cancer version of Chicago. It's like it's grown too fast. It's grown too big for its own good, mm. and it's everything Chicago, just the worst sides of it. Mm. That's what it is. But to me, that's kind of alluring. I, I fuck with it. Yeah, I mean, that's I could. Yeah, I could. I could totally see why some people fuck with that nitty gritty, grimy, mm. kind of get it how you live kind of mentality. I could also see why motherfuckers would want to avoid that and not intentionally put themselves <laughs> in that type of environment. Totally understand. Yeah, I just not have heard good stories from people going to New York. Yeah. I think <laughs> one of the stories my friend told me. Story time. Let's go. <laughs> so my friends, 
they're older than me, so this happened before I met them. They were in college at the time. They went to school in uh, Vermont. So they went to go visit one of their friends' brothers. Okay. Right. So I think it was three of them. They drove up there. So they get to New York and like instantly start partying. They they used to be some wild boys. So they're like they're partying the whole night, having a good time. I think they said they went to like a Chinese restaurant like at four a.m. That was uh, all you can drink (laughs) or BYB situation. So it was (laughs) crazy. So like they finally are exhausted. They still have, like, their luggage on them at this point, but just in the car. <laughs> so, like, they finally get back to the brother's place, and they get to the place, and they were like, it looked like it was abandoned. So, oh, like. shit. Nigga was a squatter. <laughs> they go inside, you know, and there's furniture and stuff, and the lights work, mm-hmm. but, like, it's dirty as hell. And, like, uh, so. <laughs> It's, it's dirty as hell, and like um, they're like drug needles on the floor. I'm something mm, for heroin. Okay. So like, imagine trying to sleep on the floor or on a couch where you see to roll drug needle needles on the floor. I feel it. I, this part, I'm I might be combining memories, but I'm pretty sure one of my friends got stuck by one of the needles and thought he had AIDS. This was all in New York. Yeah, this is all in 24 hour period. <laughs> so like <laughs> I think since he thought he got A's that I mean that would ruin anybody's weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was really felt like he needed to get tested. But I think since it was the weekend, he had to wait till he got tested. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> So my question is First of all, this is sounds like a horrifying experience. I'm like, this is New York? This is what y'all niggas are bragging about? Um, and it sounds like a situation I would never personally want to be my be in or mm-hmm. anybody that I care about. But you about don't know you're going to be in that situation until you get into that situation. Not only that. You don't know you're staying at a crack house or a Not only that. I don't know if that's a New York specific experience. Uh, I feel like it is because the rent is so high in New York. <laughs> it's probably the only affordable place to live. Which, so you mean to tell me that you... <laughs> can never envision a scenario where you may be visiting a homie in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, and it's less than desirable living conditions when you come and visit them. You don't ever see that I feel like potentially those, being an issue. In those like areas, shit on the scooters. You're either homeless or you have a place to live. There's no like in between where your house is real shitty. Either you can afford to live in a place that's probably going to just be small or you're just homeless. I feel like New York you have places where you can live with slumlords that are like basically I don't know man. I know some some horror stories about some shit here in Chicago. Actually some people that we know have been in some pretty horrifying situations that uh, probably rival the story you just told. Okay. To the point where it's not necessarily to me specific to New York or any one place. I think it's a condition thing. Mm. But I'm not going to New York to be in those conditions. I'm going to New York to hang out and kick it. And like, you know what I'm saying? I'm probably not going to be around that. But I have, like, I got horror stories about Atlanta and some places you you wouldn't want children at. 
right? <laughs> like you would, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's necessarily specific. That type, which you just described, yeah. I don't know if that's specific to New York. For the sake of my story, I'm going to say it is. I feel you. Because I don't fuck New York like that. <laughs> fuck New York. Fuck the Giants. I feel like uh, how you fuck feel about Mets. Tom Brady is how I feel about New York. Oh, so it's deep, deep. Well, we're gonna talk about okay. we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Tom Brady next week. Okay. But my hatred for Tom Brady runs really deep. Yeah. This is gonna be interesting. I'm not gonna save my point now, but I, racism yeah. is the surface level of that's my hatred. That's not what I was gonna get into, but okay. Yeah, that's my surface level. I can get there. over that part. Okay. <laughs> There's so much more. <laughs> There's so much okay. more. All right, man, this is uh this has been the Self-Medicated Podcast. I am your host, The Wayfarer, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss. I don't know if I feel like we I came up with another nickname in here, uh, but I can't remember it. But i um, here with my co-host and the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter, <laughs> a.k.a. Young One Pop Poppy. Not that young. Yeah, no, nah, you're getting old. But yeah, man, uh, as always, make sure you subscribe, leave a review wherever you are listening to this. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at the self Man Pod. Follow us on all platforms. You can hear us anywhere. Tell Alexa to holler at us. And it is what it is. We out. I mean, I know I'm going to get got. But I'm going to get mine more than I get got, though. <laughs>